Hey, how's it going, everyone? Welcome back to the Detroit Nightmare Podcast. And man, I I don't want to say I didn't expect it, but you kind of hoped that we were going to put a little bit more effort than that. All around, terrible game, coaching, players, defense, offense. I want to say special teams is probably the only thing that was a positive from yesterday. And when I say special teams, I don't mean Agnew on that penalty. I don't mean, um, you know, Prater missing that field goal going into the half that would have tied it 17-17. I'm talking strictly back Fox. He has been an excellent addition to this team. And um, honestly, he's looked like one of the best punters in the league so far two weeks in. But other than that, you know, just a completely disgraceful game, an awful game. And, you know, I'll, I'll get into it here, but, you know, it's so hard having to do this every single year. Every single year we go into the season, you know, looking for bright spots, looking for, for joy. You know, I, I went ahead and tweeted it out yesterday. I said... You know, watching the Seahawks, watching the Patriots, watching, you know, the Chargers with Justin Herbert debuting yesterday. You know, what he said was five to ten seconds before game time, he knew he was starting. You almost feel kind of jealous. You know, you're watching the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes, you know, uncork balls that are 60 yards down the field for, you know, comebacks and you even watch some of the lower end teams like, hey, Cincinnati, and, you know, they have some hope. You know, you're looking at Cincinnati on Thursday night against Cleveland and talk about Cleveland. Baker Mayfield isn't going to set the world on fire, but, you know, he wasn't that bad this past week. Nick Chubb ran the ball down Cincinnati's throats, play actioned it to OBJ, scored. There's some hope there in Cleveland. There's some hope in Cincinnati with Joe Burrow. He looks like the real deal. There's some hope in, in, in Charger land with Justin Herbert. Patrick Mahomes is, is beginning a dynasty, it looks like. And you even look at the teams that maybe have some older quarterbacks, like the Saints. Drew Brees is still going strong. Aaron Rodgers, still going strong. Tampa Bay now has Tom Brady. He's still going strong. They just won yesterday. Meanwhile, we watch the Detroit Lions every single Sunday. And we're just hoping for something. We're begging for anything. We're not asking, hey, let's win a Super Bowl right now. We just want to see some positive direction. And I don't like going back on this, but Jim Caldwell, when he was the coach, his last season, he was 9-7. and He was let go because that was not good enough. And then you bring in Matt Patricia, and he's expected to elevate this team. He's supposed to take this team to new heights, whether that be 10-6, and 11-5, a division win, uh, a playoff win, 
a Super Bowl, whatever it may have been, whatever our expectations were, because my expectations were high. When we signed him, my expectations were high. Now, did I expect in year one he was going to go 12 and 4, 13 and 3, make the playoffs, you know, win a couple playoff games, and that's it? No. I knew the year one was going to be a struggle. And it was. But what I had not planned for was for year two to be terrible, which it was. And I surely, surely didn't think that year three was going to be a struggle as well. So that's kind of what kind of has been coming to mind since that game yesterday. Um, Yeah, and if you've been living under a rock, Lions lost 42-21 to the Green Bay Packers. They're now 0-2 in the season, and they're also 0-2 in the division, losing to the Bears last week. Um, And we deserve better, honestly. I'm sick and tired of waking up Monday morning feeling like this, feeling like sorrow, feeling depressed, feeling upset, having to wait six more days to maybe, and I mean maybe, see a Lions win. There was a stat that was put out on Twitter this morning. The Lions game versus the Packers was the Lions' fourth consecutive game in which they had a double-digit lead and then they lost it. They are the first team in NFL history to lose four straight games in which they led by 10 or more. Something is not right. And something needs to happen fast before we're having to wait another 350-plus days to have some optimism, to play for something, to feel that energy where you're putting on that jersey, you're watching the game on Sunday afternoon, and you know the Lions at that point are playing for something. You're cheering, knowing that it's going to lead to a playoff win, a division win, a, a late season push for the playoffs, anything. And I have been one of the biggest Patricia supporters. I've consistently defended him. I've said, give him time. But I'm starting to feel what people originally felt in year one and year two. And that is just not going to work with him. It's just not going to. Now, the Lions, they have an easier schedule after the bye. They face teams like Jacksonville. Carolina, Minnesota twice. And there could be a shot the Lions do end up 7 and 9, 8 and 8, barely outside of the playoffs. And I sure hope that Lions owners aren't really looking at that and thinking, well, hey, he improved. We might as well give him another year. Because it's just not going to ever work here. Year one, the excuse was that it was year one. You got to give them some time. Year two, the excuse was injuries, specifically Stafford's injury. And it was that there was a lot of players on the team like Quandre Diggs, like Darius Slay, that hadn't bought in. 
So give him the offseason to get some of the players that he wants that work in his system. And then year three, we should be good to go. This was supposed to be a year where the Lions finally figured it all out. The defense was supposed to be revamped. New defensive coordinator in Corey Unlin. Daryl Bevel in year two. Stafford is back. Patricia in year three. This was supposed to be the year where, hey, if if we weren't 2-0 and to start the year against Chicago and Green Bay, we were at least 1-1, and beating Chicago last week, keeping that lead, and then maybe last, yesterday, excuse me, beating Green Bay, or taking a loss, but maybe, hey, by 10 or less points. Not being destroyed by 21 points. And which, by the way, 14 of those points were scored in the first quarter. Unacceptable. The defense looks exactly the same. It's looked in year one and in year two. Patricia is now 9-24-1 as the Lions head coach. He has lost 11 straight games. The eighth straight division lead loss. And he has blown leads time and time again. Now, some of this goes on the players, but a lot of it goes on coaching. A lot of it goes on coaching because we all know that this team is talented. You have a lot of talented players on this team. We know Stafford, one of the most elite arms in the league. Carrion Johnson is great. Swift is going to be a star. AP is one of the greatest ever. TJ Hawkinson is ready to explode. Marvin Jones is a very underrated talent. Trey Flowers, Jamie Collins, Deron Harmon, Okuda. All these players and nothing to show for it. A 9-24-1 record, including 0-2 this year. And now you are 0-2 in the division, looking up at the 2-0 Packers, who look like they are legitimate Super Bowl contenders. That's, that's just unacceptable. Now getting into the actual game. The game looked promising in the first quarter. Even going into halftime, The Packers had come back, but it at least looked a little promising. The line started off 14-3 after the first quarter. Touchdown by Carrion Johnson. That first drive was amazing. I mean, very Chiefs-like, very Green Bay-like, running the ball down the Packers' throats, and then Carrion Johnson punching it in. And then the very next drive... They go ahead and they also put up another touchdown this this time by Marvin Jones, a, a catch by a throw by Matt Stafford. And at that point, you're thinking, well, let's just wait to see what happens in the, the next quarters here. We've been here before, but at least you have some hope. We're up 14 to three. We've stopped Aaron Rodgers to held him to a field goal. And then you get into the second quarter and then we don't score a single point in the second quarter. They score 14, and then they take a 17-14 lead into halftime. 
Could have been 17-17. Prater misses on a field goal. Again, that's two weeks in a row where Praters miss very crucial field goals. And at that point, you're still going into halftime, still down 17-14. Just get a, hey, get a, get a stop or get at least a field goal out of them to start the third. And then maybe you can start, you know, going for a touchdown here and maybe taking the lead. The first play of the second half, Aaron wrote, Aaron Jones, 75 yards to the house. He was about almost untouched. If it was not for a Will Harris missed tackle, which has been happening a lot, he would have almost gone untouched. At that point, they blew it up from thereafter, scoring 17 straight points in the third quarter, us not scoring another point. And then you get into the fourth quarter, and there's still... You, while while there's so much negative energy around your head, while everything's going on, you still were kind of watching the game and you saw the Lions score to start the fourth quarter. The lead at that point, they brought it down to 13. And at that point, you're thinking... If they can get a stop and then score another touchdown, we're in business. They do get that stop. They do go ahead and get that stop. But then the Lions are unable to do anything with it. Third and one. And they throw the ball about 25 yards down the field. Why not just run it? They punt the ball back, and then Rodgers goes and scores another touchdown. Why did you go away from the run game? It worked so well for you. Why did you go away from TJ Hawkinson, who for some reason two weeks in a row has caught about everything going his way, and then when he gets to about the 50 to 70-yard mark, they stop targeting him. Why not go for it on fourth and one when that pass was incomplete? Why can't you be aggressive on defense? They pressured Rodgers a few times in this game. Both times he threw an incomplete pass. And matter of fact, one of those times he was sacked by Jamie Collins. Why can't you be aggressive on offense? I get it. You're missing Galladay. That's not an excuse. You still have Marvin Jones. You still have Hawkinson. You still have Swift. They were missing Kenny Clark, who is their run-stuffing nose tackle. And you ran it down their throats to start the first quarter. And then you just went away from it. You started running outside handoffs. That would go for negative yards and or a yard or two. Why can't the Lions coach properly? Why do I watch every single team on Thursdays, Sundays, Mondays, whenever it may be, and I see adjustments? I see good game plans. I see teams that lose their best 
defensive player or offensive player, like the Broncos losing Von Miller, yet their defense still gets the job done. Now, do they win? No. But the defense holds. How can you expect me to be positive? Watching the Lions offense go with a veteran quarterback in Matt Stafford, who's throwing a pick that close to the goal line, but then I go ahead and watch a few hours later, I watch Justin Herbert, who was just told in his rookie year, hit his first start 10 seconds before the game started that he was going to start, and then he goes on and he rips the Chiefs apart. Still lost, but he's facing the defending Super Bowl champions. We were so happy last year when we were just about to beat the Chiefs, but we didn't. And that was with Stafford and Galladay and and Carrion Johnson and and Hawkinson. The Chargers are upset they didn't win that game because they had the lead with a few minutes left, but Patrick Mahomes did Patrick Mahomes things, and they ended up winning in overtime off a field goal. That is a team. Meanwhile, the play calling is just not right. We can't hold leads. We can't come back from leads, from being down, just like how we used to back in 2016. We can't seem to do anything right. And I don't want to use the F word, but I think I'm going to have to. I think you have to fire Matt Patricia. I think you're going to have to let him go and Bob Quinn with him. I think that, hey, you give them till the end of the year. But if you're not making the playoffs, I don't care about 8-8. Eight and eight. I don't care about 7-9. and nine. I don't care about 9-7. and seven. I care about making the playoffs in Matt Patricia's third year as the Lions coach. And if you cannot accomplish that, I don't want Patricia here anymore, or Quinn. I would completely blow it all up, and as much as it pains me to say it, blow it all up. And I mean Patricia, Quinn, maybe the coordinators, Bevel and Unlin, and then maybe even Stafford. And that is a big pill to swallow because Stafford has been so loyal to this franchise. We have watched him grow right before our eyes. And we want him to succeed. We want him to win a Super Bowl because he deserves it. But he's just not going to here. At this point, I don't even think if Andy Reid was his coach in Detroit, he would win a Super Bowl. This franchise just needs a hard, tough reset. And we can talk about that way later because I don't feel comfortable talking about it in week two, in the, in the third week of September, after the Lions are 0-2. There's still time. But do we expect the Lions to turn this around? No. Do we expect Patricia to turn this whole ship around? No. 
And that is what's most upsetting. A few a few issues that I saw during the game. Stafford just doesn't seem himself. And I don't want to say the, it's the injury, because I don't think it's that. It could be just second year of Bevel, the playbook's out, the tape is out, and they're watching it. But that's on Bevel to adjust that. That's on Patricia to adjust that. And Stafford just does not seem himself. He doesn't have terrible games, but it seems way different than what it was. Yesterday, he went for 244, two touchdowns and an interception. That interception was awful. I mean, what are you doing throwing that interception right there that went for a pick six? I mean, if you don't throw that pick six, I would be willing to say the Lions still have a somewhat chance. Meanwhile, you look at the other side, Aaron Rodgers, 240, two touchdowns, zero picks. Aaron Jones sliced our defense apart, 168 yards, two touchdowns. He was averaging nine yards a carry. Jamal Williams, their backup, was averaging about eight yards a carry. Um, Aaron Jones also had 68 yards receiving with a touchdown. Uh, Devontae Adams was only held to 36 yards, but that was because they were just picking on Okuda. Amani was doing he, – he did a fantastic job yesterday. That was one of the very few – uh, bright spots was uh, Amani there, um, and yeah, just just miscues, not terrible, terrible coaching, and and it just leads to the same mistakes over and over and over again. I want to thank you guys for listening to episode two of the Detroit Nightmare podcast. Just so you guys have the information, Mondays I'll be doing game recaps, just like how I am right now. And then on Thursdays will be the game previews. So uh, thanks for listening and join me back on Thursday as I preview Lions versus Cardinals.